Welcome to the Holistic Healing Connection podcast with your host, holistic practitioner and mentor, Amber Cook. Join Amber and her guests weekly for insight and practical tips to help you succeed on your path to wellness. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com, nurturing business, cultivating health, growing community. Your one-stop holistic health resource, HealingWaze.com. Hi, I'm Amber Cook. I've spent my life practicing and experimenting with holistic and alternative healthcare because I believe it is the real healthcare, the way to well-being. So stick around because your holistic healing connection starts right now. Natasha Olson is our guest today, a spiritual soul and business coach, Reiki master and owner of Nirvana Healing Center in San Jose, California. Natasha talks candidly about her personal journey of overcoming anxiety, depression, PTSD, and digestive issues through holistic healing. And as an energy healer herself, Natasha believes the best way to help someone heal is through a combination of guidance and education, finding the underlying cause, and restoring the body to its prime state for self-healing. She loves helping other women step into their power, helping them find time and more resources for self-care. Learn more about Natasha and Nirvana Healing Center at nirvanasanjose.com and the various links in the show notes. If you want to work with Natasha, most of her sessions can be done online, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. All right, here we are today with Natasha Olson, uh, my friend and Healing Ways member uh, representing us in San Jose, California. Natasha, thank you so much for being here today. Um, really excited to dive in and chat about uh, the work that you have had done personally that's helped you through some health challenges and work you do to help other people. Um, I know that you are a spiritual soul and business coach and Reiki master. Um, you do work with people in San Jose, but you also work virtually and online, correct? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. Okay. Um, so in your energy healing practice, you believe the best way to help someone heal is through a combination of guidance and education, finding the underlying cause and restoring the body to its prime state for self-healing. Um, you also believe that your body is, ex that the people listening, your body, um, are extremely capable of healing yourself and although sometimes stress interferes with that uh, natural healing um, ability, uh, we are still able to overcome that uh, through a number of ways. So we'll chat more about that. Uh, so let's dive in. Um, I'd love to start with, first of all, uh, just telling people a little bit more about your professional background, how you got to be where you are today. Awesome. The condensed version. <laughs> okay, well, uh, okay, long story short then, um, I started my healing journey and my professional journey seven years ago um, with, with massage therapy, um, which I fell into kind of by chance, um, although I don't believe in chance. I believe that I've been universally guided to what I'm meant to do. Um, so I started with massage therapy seven years ago, and then that introduced me into Reiki healing as well. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years into my massage practice, I decided it was the right time to 
leave working for other people and start my own business and start working for myself. Mm-hmm. And I just decided to dive all in. I didn't kind of dance around it. I just decided to find this place and rent full time and go full time into it. And it was really scary because I still had an apartment to pay rent for and all those things, but it just making that choice to go all in, it came together so quickly Mm -hmm. and fell into place. And then a year after starting that, I was on a spiritual journey where I got a message that I was going to open this healing center. And that was also really scary, but then I dove all in (laughs) and (laughs) two months later, um, everything came together so that I was able to do that. And then Mm -hmm. it's really evolved over time. So now I'm not practicing massage quite as much anymore. I sometimes implement it with my energy healing that I do. Okay. Um, Focus a lot more on the Reiki practice Mm -hmm. and also teaching others. Nice. Nice. I completely forgot that you were also a massage therapist. Yeah. (laughs) After all, I just, I look at you as the Reiki coach uh, guru and just forgot about um, that massage therapy was also kind of where you started. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's a great journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of people, it is a great start for sure. Um, It does open up the doors to all kinds of great, uh, healing methods, um, besides the body work. Um, so going through all this, this business journey, this healing journey, uh, it sounds like personally you were kind of, you have been kind of, um, challenged with some anxiety, depression, PTSD, and, um, digestive issues. Mm -hmm. All, unfortunately, in our society today, very common. Um, You have talked about being able to heal or work through those um, issues with holistic healing. So I really want to talk a lot about that. Like, what are some of the things that you personally experimented with? Um, Maybe some things that you did on yourself. If you have any tips for the people listening that are suffering from any of those things, um, just let us hear it. I want to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I said, I started with massage therapy mm-hmm. and then that introduced me into Reiki healing. Um, it was a little different for me because I didn't pursue services first. I initially went into going in and doing this as a profession, but as a healer, I was taught and I believe that being a healer means healing ourselves so that we yeah. can heal other people. And so I started Reiki without ever having received a Reiki session from anyone. I just started my first degree of Reiki. Um, since it was introduced to me through massage, it just kind of clicked and made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And the first rev- level of Reiki is all about self-healing and healing yourself anyways. Um, and so in my Reiki class, my level one, um, the first thing that was healed was my digestive issues. And that was huge because I dealt with digestive issues my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, Even as a baby, my parents would tell me stories about having to do suppositories on me as a baby Mm. in order to 
help with these things and it often didn't help. And, um, growing up, I had food poisoning probably once a month, which, Oh my gosh. Yeah. For a long time I thought was normal. Um, (laughs) until I hit like high school and even after, and I started meeting people and they're like, I had food poisoning for the first time in my life. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Isn't it something we all just go through once a month? (laughs) Oh man, Natasha, that's terrible. Yeah. I was thinking, I think I've had food poisoning like twice. Yeah. No, I was like, yeah, I had, it was, I was sick all the time. Um, and then as I started Reiki healing, it went away, but I also started to realize that, that a lot of that was related to, emotional issues and Mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, I would, I grew up with not a lot of emotional intelligence and learning to express my emotions was not something that I was taught how to do. I was taught Mm -hmm. to do the opposite and suppress my emotions. And so Reiki allowed me and taught me to emotional language and more emotions than I'm okay or not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started to learn to express that and deal with that. And um, in doing that, then my digestive issues kind of just went away. And I still have it like sometimes, but it's definitely yeah. not to the same severity. Mm-hmm. And it's much more of an indicator now to me of like, okay, something's not right. What do we need to address? Yeah. Um, so that was the first thing to go. And that was huge. I mean, mm-hmm. 20 years of not having anything work was like, okay, <laughs> and this yeah. is all it took. Um, wow. And it was so fast. Wow. So I bet almost instantly then you were like, this is my jam. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I need to just like, give this to everybody because everyone needs to experience this. And, and you are so right. So many of um, our digestive issues and lots of different issues that happen in our body stem from things like anxiety and depression and PTSD. Um, And I love what you said about now when you have maybe some digestive issues or other things, you look at that more as, like your body sending you a signal, like, all right, there's something else here that needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how all of holistic medicine works, right? Like it's, we don't cover up symptoms. Reiki's not covering up the symptom of constipation or irritable, irritable bowel. It's going to the root of what is causing those things. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so, so often, especially with digestive issues, is tied to emotional yeah. problems. Yeah, definitely. Almost 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's directly related. Mm-hmm. Um, and you work with, um, do you also work with chakras? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've studied a lot of the chakras. So part of my healing process, not just healing on a physical level, um, has been healing on an emotional and mental level. Mm -hmm. And so that was healing through a lot of the trauma that happened in both my childhood and my adult life. Mm -hmm. And so I 
always have really connected with the chakras since I learned about them. And I studied them extensively, um, especially in relation to trauma and how it affects the chakra system. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that was really important to me was healing my own childhood trauma and and adult trauma and not being a victim of it and empowering myself through that. Mm -hmm. And I've always kind of gone through the chakra system has been my way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. Definitely. So it sounds like through learning these different healing modalities, you also have, like you said, you had to heal yourself. We all do as, as people that work on helping others heal. Um, it is super important to do that. So you also have learned a lot just from the healing process and starting the businesses and just diving in, um, which I'm super impressed by. I, I think that's awesome that you just did it. You decided you knew what your passion was. You listened to your guides and you just stepped into it, not really knowing exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, so. Well, so I want to, I want to kind of change gears a little bit and, and talk about, so you mentioned how, um, you had found ways to become empowered and it looks like you've taken what you learned in your own, own healing journey. And now you're helping other people, um, on their own healing journeys, on their business journeys. Um, you say that you help women step into their power. Mm-hmm. And you help them find more time, more resources, more ways uh, for self-care. So what are some of the ways you do that? Um, so I always work with people with, with a mix of Reiki and intuitive spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sessions with people are kind of a mix of coaching and healing mm-hmm. and it's always intuitively guided. So I never know exactly what is going to happen in a session, Mm -hmm. but what they often end up looking like is, um, I work a lot with the emotions and what's happening on an emotional scale um, and relating that to the chakra system as well. And so often what that looks like is like Abraham Hicks created the, this emotional scale that lists the emotions from like highest in vibration to lowest in vibration. Mm -hmm. So I'll take somebody and look at where are they on that scale, um, which is also a really good guidance point for them to realize where they are and where they can go as well. Mm -hmm. And so I look at that and then we work through how do we work you up that system so that you're getting to higher and higher levels And so that is through healing. Often we work on purging out old belief systems or working through trauma that they went through in their life. And then I always give people things to do in between working with me. So that is also where the coaching comes in uh, because I don't believe that I heal people. I believe that I'm a guide and a channel for them to do their own healing. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot about me giving them guidance on how to do that and how to get there. And so a lot of times it's giving them homework, maybe things to journal on and reflect on. Sometimes a lot of times it's homework, like 
allowing yourself to receive something that's really important in self-love and something that a lot of people don't do. So um, I've given homework to people before that's like, just say yes when people offer to help you, even if it's like you're, you know, the, at the grocery store and somebody asks if you want help out to your car, like mm-hmm. how often do we say no to that? All the time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and we're like, ah, like somebody else could use that. But so that is a challenge to like, just say yes to that Uh every while. Um, And challenging people with that. And that's just such a simple one. That's like somebody almost always offers to do that for you. And you almost always say no to that. Um, And um. So, so, and then it's sometimes they also do like essential oils for them mm-hmm. that they can use every day um, or recommend books or different things, something that they can incorporate into their life and everyday practice. Yeah. So besides um, the, one of the things that you, you just mentioned, you know, you ask, you tell people to accept help um, mm-hmm. as a way of, of self-care, self-love. Uh, what are like two other common tips that you would send people home with see so I would I often send people home with homework to start doing things that they enjoy in their life okay Um, so taking five minutes a day to like have a cup of tea or read a book sometimes that's all people have is or think they have is five minutes a day Mm -hmm. um but adding little things into their everyday life that they enjoy mm-hmm. um, is something that I'll recommend to people. And then I also will usually have people start creating a list of reasons why the like proving their belief wrong, which is often big an underlying belief of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not deserving of something. Mm-hmm. So I'll often have them sit down and write, what are the reasons that you are good enough? What are the yeah. reasons that you do deserve to have the life that you want? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you ask them to basically challenge that belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that an easy exercise for people? <laughs> uh, no. And a lot of people avoid doing it, but then we sit and then we do it together. Yeah. So. I was going to say, that one sounds like it needs a lot of um, coaching, but uh, mm-hmm. I think for anyone listening, I think that's a, that's a great thing to maybe start with on your own is just do that, right? What are some, what are some beliefs, Natasha, that, um, that people have, like some of the common ones that they come to you and they just have this, this set belief? Um, what are some? Give me a couple examples. Again, I'm not good enough is a uh-huh. huge one. Yeah, that okay. is probably number one. Is it? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not deserving of mm-hmm. it. It's my responsibility to do everything else for everyone else, mm-hmm. but not do anything else for myself. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of like, I can't do this because I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money or... I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. Again, it goes back to this, like, not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you say to that? What do you say when someone says, let's just use time? Cause that's right. Everybody's always like, I don't have the time. Yeah. What do you say to that when someone says that's their reason? 
well, I always know that's not true. So <laughs> I, try, <laughs> I try and point out ways that they can find time. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, just sit in your car for five minutes when you get off work and like do meditation and bring yourself in. Um, and then I also point out like, okay, if you're not feeling like you have time, how much time are you spending wasting time? How much time are you spending sitting on your phone, scrolling through Facebook or Mm -hmm. playing a video game on your phone or, um, just what are those time wasters that we're using as an excuse for not having time? Looking at the latest article on some celebrity and then reading through their troll comments. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've never done that before, but... Sure, sure. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just had a conversation with a colleague of mine, um, Jen McFarland, and we were chatting about that. And uh, it's, you just, you stop in the middle and you go, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Your guides yeah. come in and go, uh, knock, knock, knock. You have things to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it does not include reading through, the, scrolling through the comments and reading what the nasty trolls have to say. Right. Or just like... <laughs> Netflix binging and I'm all for like take time to relax and watch Netflix but there's like a certain point where it's just turn it off for five or ten minutes Mm, and meditate and clear your mind um I really like push meditation on people (laughs) (laughs) you mean you're a you're a meditation joyfulness and mindfulness pusher yes yeah (laughs) what is wrong with you you don't belong in today's society (laughs) in journaling I'm like I'm so much like I was at a point one point where I was like yeah you don't have to do those things and now I'm kind of like no sorry you got to do that although Mm -hmm. I do believe there are alternatives to journaling because that's Mm -hmm. just creative expression yeah so if someone isn't somebody that wants to write I think doing something like painting or drawing um, crafting, anything like that, some kind of creative expression can be really mm-hmm. helpful. But mm-hmm. you have to have to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great that you've come up with some alternatives to journaling because I know that it's not easy for everybody. Yeah. Um, and not easy for everybody all the time, right? Like some people, myself included, sometimes I'm all about journaling and then other times that sounds like the most drawn out, painful torture I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I also, go ahead. I also try and change people's perspectives about journaling because uh-huh. that was one of the things that I struggled with at first with journaling was looking at journaling like it was like I had to sit down every day and say, dear diary, this is what I did today. <laughs> and so I am really trying to change people's perspectives on what journaling is, uh-huh. is just sitting down and writing down your thoughts exactly as they come to you. Mm-hmm. And so I've told people before, I'm like, even if you just sit down and you just start writing, I'm so frustrated because I don't know what to write right now. And whatever else comes to mind and Uh then your thoughts just flow and all of a sudden you realize that you have so much more to write than I'm so mad because I don't know what to write right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I definitely have written like, my mind is blank. My mind is blank. My mind is blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is a blessing because if my mind is blank, that usually means that uh, things are actually running pretty smooth instead of that like constant hamster wheel in my brain. Yeah. So when do you um, recommend that someone journal? If you were to tell somebody and they've agreed that they want to start journaling, what do you say? Like how often should they do it? When should they do it? Morning or night. Mm -hmm. um, usually I recommend nighttime for people because they have trouble sleeping and a lot mm -hmm. of people have the monkey mind before they go to bed. Yeah. So something that I do and I have other people do now is keep a journal next to their bed um, with pen and paper, leave it open to the page that's like your next page to write on. Mm -hmm. And at night when monkey brain starts going and you can't sleep, just grab that journal and start writing. And you want to do that without turning the lights on and like rewaking your brain up, just right in the dark. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's interesting. because you, I mean, how many of us really go back and read our journals? <laughs> I, I'd like to say that I do, but I don't. Yeah. And really your brain just needs to release that information. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's for me usually when I'll journal is at night when I've got the monkey brain going. And I've had times where I've filled eight pages of writing with wow. how much was going on in my brain. Yeah. Um, so that's usually what I recommend for people. Mm -hmm. But morning can also be a really good time, especially to set intentions for your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you go back and uh, read that, those eight pages? Uh, I had, I did like the next day cause there were some things in there that I like wanted to refer back uh -huh. to, but I have not gone back in a long time and read them. Yeah. I was just curious if they were legible. <laughs> they, so some of my writing at night is sometimes it's like, Hard. I do sleep with like a salt lamp right next to my bed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I do have some light and okay. I, um, luckily I have good enough eyesight that I can <laughs> see with that, that amount of light, but, um, but you don't want to like turn on like super bright lights. And yeah. Your brain totally just wake up again. Yeah, totally. So is that something you advise somebody to do? Like, um, I hear often from a lot of um, more sensitive people, entrepreneurs, that they wake up a lot around like 3 a.m. is mm -hmm. a big wake up time. Um, is that then something that would probably be helpful for them to, to start journaling at 3 a.m.? Yes, I would recommend that too. Yeah. Um, I'm luckily not one of those people, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would recommend that. Um, yeah. Because so much, I know that for people that wake up around that time, mm -hmm. there's a lot of intuitive guidance that comes through during that time of the night. And that's why a lot of people wake up at that time is they're waking oh. intuitively mm -hmm. to express this. And then, I mean, there have been a couple of times where I've woken up in the middle of the night like that. Yeah. And then your mind starts spinning with all this intuitive guidance and you're not putting it out and you eventually fall asleep again and you forgot everything that you thought about, at mm -hmm. three, which yep. is actually probably maybe very significant. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try this tonight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to report back um, awesome. because I unfortunately am one of those people and it's so frustrating. You know, I've gotten 
I'm, I'm big on energy work. I get acupuncture. I, I do all the things and I still am that 3am wake up person. Mm -hmm. And, and you're right. I start thinking about, um, you know, change making things and important things. And I am just saying things because I can't remember in the morning (laughs) what things were, but I know that they were important. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to try that tonight for sure. Um, so switching gears again, I want to, I want to head back to, um, healing trauma and work with people in their relationships, something Mm -hmm. that you, that you, uh, tend to get, uh, the privilege of helping people work through. Uh, I would love to know, is there maybe one or two examples of clients you've had that you worked with through those things? Like what kind of results did they get? Yeah. Um, my most significant and favorite client example is I had a client who had severe rheumatoid arthritis, um, among other autoimmune diseases, was severely overweight, um, extremely unhappy with her life. And she had experienced quite a lot of childhood trauma, as well as was at the time currently in a relationship that was not supportive of her highest good. And I had her in for two sessions um, and it was actually massage therapy at the time when I was incorporating energy work with her. And I think two sessions in, maybe her third session in with me, she came in and she told me that she had made the decision to leave this marriage, this relationship that she had been in for so long that really wasn't supporting her. And then a couple weeks later, she was in remission for her rheumatoid arthritis. And um, it's been a couple years since, but she's not gone back to that rheumatoid mm-hmm. arthritis. Sometimes her body will start giving her signs that she needs to deal with something on an emotional level mm-hmm. um, to correct it. Um, and she's also lost a ton of weight from that time. So wow. I think that's an amazing example of really how she healed herself and just that I got to be a part of that process. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one client. Um, I had another client more recently who was, so a lot of what I help with this in relationships and things is very similar to my own story, but I had a client who Um, came in and she had just ended a marriage that they had just been married. They, They got married and less than a month after being married, she found out that he had cheated on her and she had to leave this. She made the decision to leave this marriage because of what had happened. And I have been able to see her go from just the grieving and the anger and the upset from that and really start to discover herself and who she is um, outside of that relationship and really become her in such a short amount of time. I think it's been maybe six to eight months since Mm -hmm. I started seeing her. Whereas 
when I went through a similar situation, it took me like two years to heal yeah. the whole thing. Um, so that's been really amazing. Yeah. And so you helped her through a combination of energy work and coaching? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so back to uh, the client with the rheumatoid arthritis and, and the um, weight issues, uh, you work with her doing massage and Reiki or energy work? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And do you believe that uh, the rheumatoid arthritis and even possibly the excess weight was a direct kind of um, symptom of all the trauma and stuff she had been through. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you focused on through the healing work. Um, right. Focused on that, not the rheumatoid arthritis and the weight gain. Right. right? Yeah. 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 I've, yeah. I've never, um, anytime I see somebody in for, they have something physical going on. Yeah. I never end up focusing on what is physical. It's always what's, the underlying imbalance, which mm-hmm. is quite often an emotional issue attached to a trauma that they went through in the past. Yeah. Yeah. As a massage therapist, uh, working with people, I know you don't do as much massage anymore, mm-hmm. but in the past, um, were there certain physical manifestations that you noticed that maybe they didn't even, maybe they didn't even share their whole story with you, but you you kind of knew what was going on. For instance, a lot of times clients of mine as a massage therapist come, I'm also a Reiki practitioner, so I think we pick up on this stuff maybe a little bit more than some, um, left shoulder pain. A lot of times they'll come in with stories of a recent family member coming to visit and stay for a long time or some kind of conflict within a very close uh, personal relationship. And so even if they don't necessarily ask for energy work uh, often to me that that clues in like oh i know where this left shoulder pain is coming from in fact i call the left shoulder the emotional shoulder <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah besides the left shoulder are there other things physical manifestations that people will tell you and you're like oh i'm pretty sure i know what they're going through yeah yes um i mean i'm a my intuitive gift is being empathic and being Mm -hmm. sentient. Um, So one of the things that made me really good at massage was I was able to put my hands on somebody and I would feel their pain in my body. Yeah, Uh, I did get that too. (laughs) Yeah. And as I grew that empathic gift, it became more than just feeling their pain. I was then able to feel their emotions experience their experiences sometimes depending on how open the client is Mm -hmm. um and so yes you do notice different parts of the body have different meanings um the legs and feet uh or the knees and the feet very often are like a resistance to moving forward in their life Mm -hmm. somehow um there's the neck is not being flexible um shoulders can also be feeling burdened and feeling like they're holding the weight of the world. Um, so there's so many different things, but almost always there's something else going on emotional behind it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just some big tell tells that they can't even be aware of. Um, yeah, I love that about energy work, just being able to see past, 
what the physical manifestation is mm-hmm. um, rather than I'm going to go back. Cause you mentioned clairsentient and why not? I mean, we're all about <laughs> every kind of holistic and alternative modality here at healing ways. So, um, but I know that every, that not everybody listening knows what that means. So yeah. what does clairsentient mean? Clairsentient means you're a feeling person, most okay. likely an empath. Okay. Um, but it means that you can feel the emotions of other people. So mm. the way that most people can, I mean, I believe that everybody has every intuitive gift just on different levels, mm-hmm. but the way that most people can relate to clairsentience is if you walk into a room and you just feel really down or you feel yeah. really elated. Uh, most people have experienced that on some level mm-hmm. that is clairsentience. Um, for me, it goes a lot deeper because I do feel people's pain and emotions in my body, almost like I'm experiencing them myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I am able to tell whether it's mine or whether it's someone else's is I make sure I'm a clear channel every day so that in the morning I know where I stand and that if I start feeling something other than that, then I can check in with okay, that wasn't me and who I was as a clear channel. So what is coming in that isn't me um, is kind of how I'll check in and look at. Mm-hmm. And have, is this a gift that, you know, like you said, came naturally, but you've kind of honed over time? Yeah. It's, okay. I mean, for me, it's been something I've had my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a discovered what it was and learned more about it, I was able to grow it and do more with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I also know that something else you help people with, um, is there just being an empath, Mm -hmm. that piece of them, like helping them, um, get through life being so quote unquote sensitive. Right. Right. So that's something that you also help people with. Is that like a coaching yeah. Or is that a, you know, through a healing modality, how do you help other empaths? Um, often a lot of my clients also turn out to be empaths. Okay. Um, so there's coaching and healing. We also do like an empath support group, um, okay. every couple of weeks at my healing center, nice. um, which is another way of supporting and allowing people to kind of really learn that being an empath is a gift, but also to talk about the things that they struggle with as an empath and get advice on how to deal with those things. So a Mm -hmm. lot of it is kind of a coaching method. Um, And then I also recommend for a lot of empaths to take Reiki because Reiki teaches you to channel energy and not use your own energy for helping other people. And so as an empath, that has been extremely helpful for me in not using everything of my own to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right about that because I actually uh, became a Reiki master really soon after I became a massage therapist um, 15 years ago. And it was extremely helpful. I think, I think it has helped me, uh, not have a lot of physical ailments as a massage therapist or person in general. But I mean, you know, without that knowledge of being able to shield ourselves, a lot of us will call it shield or protect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
any modality where you're working directly with other people's energy and their body, it's so easy as an empath or sensitive person to, to pull that in. Like you said, you can, some, you can sometimes feel it. Yeah. Um, and I hear so many stories of practitioners that have not honed that skill, that skill of protection basically. And, yeah. you know, I mean like diseases like cancer and, you know, joint diseases are just really running rampant in the bodywork profession yeah. Yeah. because of that, because we take on all kinds of crap if we don't, you know, protect ourselves. So, uh, yeah, Reiki's awesome for that. I agree. I think I haven't thought about that, but I think you're right. I think most empaths should look into Reiki. Yeah. If nothing else for themselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then like, not just practitioners, you know, people yeah. that become practitioners, but like so many empaths fall into other types of jobs where they're helping people. So they become nurses, they become social workers, they become therapists, they become like a lot of them will end up working for like some kind of nonprofit. Mm-hmm. They give so much to other people in some way helping people yeah. because they can, they've, they've experienced that pain. They want to help other people through that pain. They can feel that pain. Um, so many people just get pinged with wanting to help somebody walking down the street and then they take on all of that person's stuff like it's their own. And yeah. Reiki has really taught me more than anything else how not to do that. Um, so not just for practitioners, but anybody who breaks their back trying to help other people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's super important. Um, so you mentioned that you have like a support group or, or group for empaths at your wellness center. Yeah. Um, yes and that's in San Jose. What type of services are offered there right now? Mainly we offer energy healing modalities. Okay. Currently. Um, we have one practitioner who also does massage, mm-hmm. um, but I've been really guided and being pushed towards focusing on energy healing modalities. So yeah. we have people that practice a variety of different energy healing modalities. Mm -hmm. We have Reiki. We have somebody who does shamanic healing. Um, We have somebody who does Reiki and is combining that with yoga. So sometimes it's people who practice energy healing and combine it with another service as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of our direction. It's Mm -hmm. focused on those energy medicine modalities. Mm, That sounds beautiful. That's awesome. And you yourself, again, you do work with people um, virtually um, and online. And Mm -hmm. so do you have any kind of support groups or communities that, that you can, you can direct people to, or do you run one that's for empaths? Um, I do have my Facebook group, which is powerful and intuitively inspired spiritual women. And so that is for any women who are wanting to step into their power and embrace their intuitive gifts and maybe turn that into a business, but that's not mm-hmm. like a mandatory thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, and you will make a business out of this. <laughs> it's great. I would love to see people do that, Yeah. Um, but you don't have to, but to embrace your gifts. Uh-huh. 
step into your power in those gifts. And what's the name of that Facebook group? Powerful and intuitively inspired spiritual women. Okay. It's a long name. It is a long name. name. Um, So yeah, I want to just touch on that briefly. um, The business side of it. You also do some um, business coaching for people that are also empaths. I guess, Mm -hmm. do you help basically anybody that wants to get into running their own business? Pretty much anybody in a service-based business. Okay. Um, Awesome. I'm really good at working with people who want to be working hands-on with people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that could be online, but it could also be in person. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot more of my experience is in the brick and mortar and the building the brick and mortar business and working with people in person. But I also believe that a lot of that can also be applied to an online business as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But really focusing on those service-based businesses. So when you're helping people through the business coaching um, aspect of of your uh, work, do you also do energy work with them and some reg, like some coaching and then practical business tips? How kind of give me kind of a rough idea of what that looks like. Yeah, I do the combination of coaching and then mm-hmm. I also incorporate the energy work. Okay. Um, so the my program, my one-to-one program is you get coaching calls and then you also get once a month, you get an intuitive reading and energy healing balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way that helps people to become more in alignment with themselves and what they want mm-hmm. and then create their business around that and bring more clarity and intuitive guidance in for them because a lot of these service-based people are people who are spiritual and working intuitively. And it mm-hmm. doesn't mean your business has to be a spiritual business, mm-hmm. but I do like working with people who do feel spiritual and intuitively guided. Okay. Awesome. That sounds wonderful. And uh, just knowing you kind of on a personal level, I know that um, you have an amazing, inspiring story. I think anyone listening here needs to reach out and get to know Natasha um, some way, somehow. All of her contact info is going to be in the show notes, uh, so you can look her up on social media. You can follow her on her website. What's your website? My website is nirvanasanjose.com. Okay. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? I don't think I have anything else. Okay. I think, I think you think you uh, gave some good stuff here. There's some great tips. I can't wait to put my journal by my bedside and see if that helps me tonight at 3 (laughs) a.m. Who knows what kind of amazingness is going to come out of that. Yeah. Um, Natasha, you are awesome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping the people, the women, the business owners, uh, you are just rocking it. And uh, yeah, if you are in San Jose and want to pay her a visit at her wellness center, you can find that information on her website. You can also find it at healingways.com. And uh, again, if you want to work with her and you're not in San Jose, she works online and virtual. So um, definitely connect with Natasha. You've just listened to Holistic Healing Connection with me, Amber Cook. 
You can find out more about me and other holistic healers, coaches, and practitioners at healingways.com. That's healing, W-A-Z-E.com, or on most major social media outlets. If you are a holistic professional and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to healingways.com to join. If you have been helped by holistic or alternative medicine, I'd love to help you share your story on this podcast to help inspire others. Please email us at info at healingways.com with the title podcast guest. And don't forget to come back every week for more holistic fun. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.